Welcome to Under the Lens. Come and enjoy an extraordinary, raw, and unfiltered podcast that delivers debate, discussions, and interviews about film, pop culture, and everything in between. Here is your host, film critic and journalist, Byron Lafayette. In 2016, Dr. Maha Aziz, a New York University professor, World Economics Forum risk expert, and author in global politics, drew the crowdfunded political comic book, The Global Kid, which stars the superhero character of 14-year-old Sammy. Sammy lived in different countries with his family, much like Dr. Aziz did, seven countries by age 14, and observed political problems much like Dr. Aziz does in her day job. The Global Kid in 2021 won its seventh educational award and was a top 16 Amazon bestseller. Now The Global Kid is flying into the virtual and augmented reality realms with its long overdue sequel. I had the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Aziz to discuss her new book and talk about the world today and where we are headed in a post-pandemic era. I truly hope that you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your background uh, as an academic and, and the work you do? Sure. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm a professor by day and I, uh, I'm based at NYU. I work primarily with grad students and uh, write books about my specialty, which is global risk, basically uh, identifying the threats to stability, what could go wrong, and we make judgments about what could happen next. Um, so it's, it's exciting. It's interesting. But um, yeah, I've been doing that for about a decade now. And uh, I've, my first book was Future World Order. And I've, my second book is out soon as well. It's called A Global Spring, reflecting on what we might be seeing in a post-pandemic era. Very interesting. Yeah, I actually just ordered a copy of your uh, your future world order. So it looked oh, very nice. interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, because the, the whole aspect of global risk and, and just the topic of global kid and everything is very, very interesting uh, to me because uh, I'm in a grad program right now for uh, social psychology. And oh, so okay. I found a lot of it very interesting, you know, just looking at, you know, all of the all of the aspects of politics, economics and how it affects people. So so this is definitely exciting for me to, to take a look at it. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, um, you know, where did the the genesis of the idea, you know, for your first book, The Global Kid, come from? Like, what what made it? Uh, what made you decide to go to go in that direction? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I actually my my dream as a kid was to be a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't dream of being a professor, though I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and um, my family and I moved around quite a lot. Um, every two three years, we'd be in a new country. My father was a banker. Mm. in those days and um so i ended up seeing the world at a very young age and this is the era when you know you didn't necessarily have internet or Mm. um the same we didn't have access to information the way we do today Mm. and um so i i I guess i grew up feeling curious about the world and um but moving around i i guess that that was also a challenge so I, i used to turn to my drawings um i i especially my preteen years, I would draw Archie comics mm-hmm. and um, I create my own versions, my own characters. And also I made a video game version. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I designed a video game version based on my super- superhero. Mm-hmm. So it's something I always enjoyed as a kid, but then I got busy with school and getting into college and getting a job. And so it was uh, almost 20 years later um, 
or over 20 years later, when I moved back to New York City and I took a cartoon drawing class uh, here and my friend had told me about it and said it would just be nice. And, you know, New York City, as you may know, is kind of a stressful city. And (laughs) I I was still figuring out my work and understanding the city itself again. Um, So it was a really a a good way to just re-engage and do something I enjoy. And um, the teachers there really encouraged me to to draw something that I was interested in or about my life. So I thought, wait, I am the global kid. Uh, I grew up all over the all over the world, um, and I teach and write about politics. So I thought, let me combine those two elements and um, see what I come up with. And so that that class really sparked the idea of of the original global kid, which is this one, which. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one I drew. So the quality is a little bit different than the new one <laughs> um, where I worked with an artist. But basically this original one, it, it looks at five different countries and from different regions and tries to show that um, whether democracy, non-democracy, there's, a, uh, there's similar problems in every country. And it's, just, it starts, it's, it's educational and you have the superhero character flying around, uh, traveling to the places he's lived. So it was kind of um, it was kind of a fun project to 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 just do on the side, you know. And I didn't expect that it would uh, win awards. So it won a sev- its seventh education award last year. This is the original uh-huh. comic, yeah. Uh-huh. And oh, I forgot to mention, I I actually crowdsourced the. You know how they have those crowdfunding uh, crowdfunding yeah. sites? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I, Kickstarter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I used Indiegogo, mm-hmm. and we got ten thousand dollars in a week. Although it was, there were some people I knew, uh, I mean, of course, but there were also random people who just thought, "Oh, cute idea." Uh-huh. And so that really encouraged me. And then I had been explicit that I would because this was just for fun. I thought, okay, I'll give the proceeds to charity. So that's why it took me a couple of years to make it happen. But in 2016, it launched. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that was sort of my initial uh, return to this comic book space and and drawing. But it took a couple of years for me to find uh, how I could take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, you know, my, my drawing skills are okay, but I needed to take it to the next level. So I thought, who can I work with and how can we elevate the global kid? Mm-hmm. Um, and recognizing that this is a tech-driven era, you know, is there a way to incorporate new types of technology? So it was literally during the pandemic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just, um, it was just before the pandemic when I met somebody for lunch, who's, he basically, it, we met through LinkedIn. Uh-huh. So He's, you know, it actually can happen, but I, I met him for a quick lunch and um, he basically supports and invests in female-led projects and companies. And my project was small scale compared to what he usually does, but he has three daughters. So I, I thought, oh, he's such a sweet guy and he's giving me a little bit of funding to get this project going. So that was my initial like, oh, I guess I should do this. And he introduced me to this tech company, an ed tech company in London. Mm-hmm. It's called Musemio and definitely... Um, check out their website, but basically they create these apps, um, this app that they have, and they uh, use it to teach kids about uh, history, about art. And, um, you know, so uh, I just thought, wow, so cool if we could have the global kid be in virtual reality in this app. And so that's kind of how it got started. And they connected me with an AR company in Italy 
uh, that did the AR components of the comic. So it's still a physical comic, uh, of course, but then you take out your phone and you can see the characters jump off the page. Um, with this new one, of course, there's a female superhero mm -hmm. um, and um, my dog is in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see Lucky, this rescue dog, suddenly <laughs> become a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of how it, it was really just a pandemic passion project. I, I know many of us have, all of us have felt some sort of stress, anxiety from the pandemic. It's just you know, we didn't see this coming. And even in my work, we're supposed to make predictions, but we didn't see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what to do? But um, so, yeah, so this was a really great distraction. And the first six months I was in London during the pandemic, I was staying with my parents and um, it was, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been wonderful to see it evolve. And we just launched over the holidays uh, sort of a soft launch because uh, with Omicron, I didn't really want to host an event and um, mm -hmm. you don't want to risk anything for anybody. So yeah, we just did sort of a soft launch at, and uh, I built up the website, mm -hmm. theglobalkit.org. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I we won one award, which was amazing. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, it's something called the Moonbeam Children Book Award. And um so that was exciting. And then I didn't expect that, you know, because it's sold on Amazon and Amazon has sites in different countries. So we were top five for a week or so in Australia and in Singapore, which was a nice awesome. event. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and here, I think within the first two weeks, we were top 25 on Amazon's bestseller list in certain categories. So yeah, it's just, it's really, um, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, distraction and, but only could have been possible. It's only been possible because of my ed tech partners, you know, to, to really elevate the global kids. So um, kids can of course be entertained mm -hmm. and, and learn, but the, the tech components kind of enhance the learning mm -hmm. in a sense. So it's, yeah, it's nice to be doing something that's tied to current tech, mm -hmm. um, you know, trends. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That's very cool because, you know, because it is very, very true, you know, with, with technology increasing. And then, you know, you mentioned in the book about, you know, how, how non-state actors are using technology throughout the world. And you've seen that, I mean, you know, the Arab Spring was done pretty much completely via cell phones, you know, it's like, you know, and so seeing, you know, being able to spread a message that way, I think is the most logical and sensible thing, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I, the truth is, I mean, when I was growing up, the internet was, was there, but it, it's, we're on another level, right? Now we're talking about decentralized web and you know, all these other things and NFTs, which I'm still <laughs> trying to understand. I must admit, I don't fully get it. Like what you would pay. So I still don't understand it myself. You know, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And I was, there was one article I was reading where literally, uh, somebody uh, maybe a year or two older than my niece she's 13 this kid made like five hundred thousand dollars selling uh, nfts wow. i mean they were done nicely but uh -huh. i don't yeah so it's interesting to see how young kids are embracing technology in, in such creative ways and um and well because of this nft craze i've been thinking about whether we can perhaps introduce some sort of educational nft uh, based on maybe the global kid character and based on some of the content or 
Now they have utility NFTs. So you give certain perks. So if somebody buys a global kid NFT, then they get to have like a one-on-one session with me or something like that. Uh-huh. So yeah, just as it's a seed of an idea, but I thought it would be, uh, you know, no harm checking, checking it out. No. Yeah. It, you know, with, with anything that, that, comes out, you know, whether it's NFTs or any technology, it's always good to have put a foot in the door, you know, and and start looking into it. And, you know, just sometimes diving in, you know, it can it can work out. I mean, you know, look at that, look at that kid, you know, <laughs> half a million dollars, you know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 very it's very wild how how much everything can change, you know, just overnight with with technology. You know, it's like I still remember back, you know, in high school when I had my my razor phone, you know, razor flip phone, you know. It's like, you know Remember that I was so excited to uh-huh. have a color screen, mm-hmm. you know, and the flip. Yeah, I think uh-huh. that was college for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was very, it was very exciting. I remember, but <laughs> you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, you cover, you know, a lot of material, you know, in the global kid and stuff. How did you know? How did you decide? you know, what to include basically, you know, cause, cause I'm sure you had tons of content that, you know, didn't make it into the final, final issue and stuff. So, so sure. what was your process for that? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, my, I guess my starting point was to see what it is, what are the core ideas of the work, the, the, you know, what I offer in my classes at NYU and the core ideas I share in my book, because it's most of my work is really about helping to make sense of the current global trends. What's, what's happening today, how could things evolve? And just based on that, you know, and I've, I've been at it for about a decade or so, it's been pl- pretty clear for a while that there are these four kind of global trends that have been building and they're not necessarily positive, uh, depending on your perspective. But <laughs> so I, I tried to kind of extract that from my, you know, my work, which is more targeted for, uh, for older readers and condense it and make it you know, relevant to children, because I think the truth is many of the challenges we face, the global risks that we face today, they're going to be here when these kids grow up, unfortunately, right? Whether it's climate change or the threat of terrorism. And so I, I just thought it's it's important for kids to uh, to have that exposure and also recognizing that kids are more aware of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. they know what a pandemic is now. No, <laughs> right? that's true. Mm-hmm. So, so that was sort of, so that was sort of my starting point to look at my work and kind of condense the key ideas. And it it boils down to these four kind of questions or issues. So first is to kind of raise this, this question as to what is the, well, who's in charge of the world order, right? Because the assumption was post-Cold War that the U.S. was in charge. Mm-hmm. But then we had a, a few years of Tr- President Trump who said, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything about mm-hmm. the rest of the world. True. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it's important to, uh, to for us to recognize that maybe there is a a crisis ongoing crisis in global leadership. I mean, look at the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We did not come together. We did not have leadership to tackle um, this issue, uh, whether it's getting the vaccine or originally uh, getting the mass. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's important to see that there is this crisis of global leadership. The second point that I think is important for all of us to know, including kids is that we have been faced with a recurring crisis of political leadership within our countries. If you look at if you look at the world or reflect on the world in the last decade, post Arab Spring, pretty much in every region in the world, there's been some sort of significant citizen challenge to government through protest. And again, going back to your point about social media, maybe it's because we have social media, we can mobilize more easily. 
we can challenge government more easily. So that could be part of it. But it's surprising that we've seen this in even developed democratic countries across Europe. We've seen it here in the US, of course. Um, so I, I think it's important to kind of be aware um, that there is this crisis of political leadership. Is democracy working for us? Is it delivering what we need? Um, and if you look at, I mean, I didn't mention this in the, in the comic, but if you look at some of the studies and the polls, there are a significant a number of millennials, apparently, in U.S. and across Europe who they don't think democracy is necessarily the best system anymore because, yeah, that now. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and that is a bit surprising. So I really try to challenge in a, in a nice, gentle way in mm-hmm. the comic to challenge the, the reader, this, this child reader, to think about the, the world order, you know, who might be in charge, if it's the U.S. or not, make a decision or think about that. And secondly, to kind of reflect on uh, political leadership and democracy. If, if, is this system working? Is the political status quo working? Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, I do touch on certain economic risk trends. Of course, you know, we know the pandemic has affected the global economy and we still don't know what the long-term effect will be, but also raised this issue of globalization versus economic nationalism, which was very, a very significant pre-pandemic. Let's see how things evolve after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just try to raise that issue of economic nationalism mm-hmm. in, a, in a gentle way for kids, but longer term, and this is a point that comes up pretty strongly in the VR, mm-hmm. the idea that, um, uh, in the long term, or let's say this decade, a lot of jobs will be taken away because of automation, because of robots. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what does that mean going forward? Uh, so I, I do raise that issue as well. And lastly, I, I do in a, in a gentle way again, and this is such a sensitive issue, but this whole idea of identity, um, you know, are we globalists? Are we nationalists? Do we care about the other reflecting on the reality that in the last decade, we've seen the rise of hate, Mm -hmm. um, sadly. And not that I want kids to be exposed to, you know, they don't have to be exposed to everything, obviously, but just to recognize that there has been this uh, xenophobia uh, towards, um, you know, refugees, migrants in different parts of the world. Here in the US, we've heard a lot about uh, xenophobia towards, uh, unfortunately, the East Asian community because of the what the perceived origins of, of the of the uh, virus so just kind of raising that issue and challenging the reader to think okay what are our global values what should they be right mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's a lot it's a lot of content but <laughs> I, I tried my best to kind of condense it in a way that's fun and the superhero the cute super cute dog uh, that should help, but I think the VR and the AR also enhances the le- the learning process in a, in an important way. No, I definitely agree. You know, because that that was that was part of what I really really liked about the book. You know, because you know because you know I, I wrote down that you know I liked I liked that you know it feels so much today that you know like politics, economics, history it, it doesn't get a huge focus. You know, on you know in in school. You know, um, obviously at the the collegiate level you see it a little bit more, but you know with like you know high school and you know junior high you don't see a huge amount of that. And so I liked having you know that kind of you know an easily digestible you know um, overview basically of it for for people who were growing up who might not have a huge idea. You know, um, you know your book 
Europe might be the first one that they hear the USSR, you know, <laughs> mentioned, you know? Um, so I, I like, I liked that a lot. Um, Thank you. You know, um, and, uh, you know, one thing I liked too, is that, you know, I, I liked how you made, made the, the book very balanced with everything that it was, you know, that you're saying like, Hey, you know, some people feel this way. Some people feel that way. And I liked how you kind of brought it, brought it back to, you know, that, that the right answer basically is, you know, is it helping the people, you know, is it, is it basically, is it pro-human, you know, <laughs> I think it's probably the best way to say, I really, I liked that a lot. Um, cause you don't see that a lot in, in books, you know, um, and uh, so that, that was something I, I, I liked a lot. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, today and stuff, you know, you see so much, whether, you know, with anything like history, political science, you know, economics, everything's so polarized. It seems like everybody's on one side or the other. <laughs> There's very few people in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I've found just with some of my friends and stuff how you know, it's kind of difficult to talk about stuff even because everyone has such strong opinions. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong, I think, with strong opinions. Um, but, you know, but I, I found it, as of late the last few years, it seems like it, it's hard to talk about with people sometimes. And, mm. you know, and so like I liked I thought this book was a great, you know, uh, a doorway. Uh, for that. And so, you know, um, is that something that you, that you hope that, that this can help provoke conversations with kids to be more aware and, and more open to, to talk? Definitely. I mean, I, I guess I, I, it'll boil down to the parents and the children having a conversation. I, I think this is something perhaps that a kid wouldn't buy because it's age for eight to eight to 12, but for the parent to make a judgment that, okay, let's expose our kids to current affairs and, and really to, um, to really encourage kids not just to be aware of these issues, but think about what role will they play in the world when we have these, these different issues, that, that sense of activism, I think, will be important. And let's face it, this, the, this generation, this younger generation, is a lot more activist. I mean, all those climate activists who are barely late teens. Uh -huh. I mean, True. Uh -huh. So I think, I think definitely it should... Uh, it should be a way for parents and, and kids to have these conversations about the world. Um, but it's really open to interpretation. And uh, I, I wish I could listen in and hear some of those conversations that, <laughs> but so far, I mean, some of the feedback we've, we've received from kids who've, who've been given preview copies, mm -hmm. it seems like, of course, they enjoy the, the drawings and the, the tech aspect, but they, it seems as though they're, a couple of them said, you know, we want to help save the world kind of thing. And, and so I, I thought that was encouraging, you know, that there's that sense uh -huh. of what role we each have a role to play. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be on a global scale, mm -hmm. um, but I think that's encouraging to have noted so far in, in terms of the feedback we've gotten. Mm -hmm. No, that, that's excellent because it, it is true, you know, uh, younger people nowadays are, are more aware, you know, of, of the world. They are more aware of, of activism, more involved than, than you know, my my generation was. Yeah, um, you know, I, I grew up in the 90s and, you know, my uh, my biggest concern, you know, was was, you know, comic books and you know, and stuff like that, you know, you know, so it was it was it was very different. Um, my parents were a little bit more more globally minded. My, my dad's from uh, from Great Britain. And so oh, okay. I was ex I was exposed a little bit more. Uh, you know, to some of that stuff than others. Um, but even then, you know, it was still, you know, my, my, my head was in other places, you know, <laughs> so like, you know. which is totally understandable, right? Yeah. You know, so, but but uh, it is something that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to say, cause you obviously you like comic books. Did you see mm -hmm. the new 
uh, Spider-Man movie. I'm desperate to see it. Oh, I know. I haven't seen it yet either. And I'm like, I'm going crazy because I, I, <laughs> I want to see it. So I'm, I'm too nervous. To, I don't really feel ready to go to a movie theater mm-hmm. yet. Same, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've ordered it on Amazon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but uh, it keeps saying that the date has not yet not been released so um, yeah let's see <laughs> i know I, I'm, I'm hoping it comes out soon because i really really want to see yeah, it um yeah. you know because i think the last the last comic book movie i saw was uh it was a, a song chi uh it was the last one i saw with marvel yeah. and i liked that one a lot and so <laughs> yeah, definitely mm-hmm. i i wasn't a fan of um maybe i need to get into it more but eternals have not that one's one I'm going to be watching it this weekend actually. Um, okay, I won't say anything for it. Yeah, but yeah, maybe it's good. I I just somehow I guess I wasn't familiar with the characters at all, so I was just yeah. I have heard mixed things. Like some of my my other friends who like comic books weren't they weren't you know they were like oh, it's all right you know <laughs> stuff you know you know there were some people who said it felt a little a little like a little more DC almost than Marvel in yeah. some ways you know so yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> I was actually because there's I'm originally from Pakistan and there's oh, okay. a Pakistani actor in it. Oh really? Superheroes, yeah. That Kumail mm-hmm. Kumail Nanjani or something like that. Oh yes. Uh-huh. That, that was one motivation to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because it, it definitely interested me because the the I really did like the the diversity of the cast. I was like, oh, this is a really a really great collection, you know, of of actors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see, to see what I think, cause the cinematography looks all good and everything. So I'm hoping I like it, but, but like I said, I've heard some things, so, <laughs> um, but man, yeah. So, you know, with, uh, with the, uh, the global kid, when I was reading it, I kind of felt like I was like, oh, this feels like it could translate really well to like TV or film in some way, you know, um, or even like an educational program or something like that. Is that something you've thought about or something you'd be open to? I would love that. I I think it could it could totally be some sort of like comic book series or an animated series. I think it would be amazing, you know, because I remember when I was young, they had that we had Carmen Sandiego. I don't oh, know. Yes. If uh-huh. I remember so we, that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, my brother and I were really into that. It was like a game, but now apparently it's become a Netflix series and oh, wow. it's it's about learning geography, but then they also had that Captain Planet, which was more about the environment like learning about the environment which is even more important these days because mm-hmm. of climate change but definitely i would um you know i've started to think about how could this evolve you know maybe the next step is nfts to see how that works but i think it could definitely work as some sort of animated series or um you know yeah i i think there, there there's a i think there's a space to be filled i don't see any real um significant educational content for kids um so i yeah i think it could be really fun no that'd be awesome because it, it is very true there 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 definitely seems to be a gap in that area um you know you see a few scattered here and there but uh but a, a lot of times that there isn't as much you know you saw it a little bit more in the 90s like you said with carbon san diego but you don't yeah. see it much now in the in the uh well, we're not, I was going to say 2010s, but we're not even in the 2010s anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, I still, I still talk about 2020. Like I, I have, uh, my sense of timing is still, I have to wake up. It's just mm-hmm. the pandemic effect, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. I can't believe it's 2022 already, you know? So it's like, it's, it's this wild time, time's going by so quickly, you know? So... <laughs> But man, you know, well, I I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. You know, Um, I enjoyed our conversation a lot. 
Me too. It's great to connect with you 